Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking Rays baseball today with Bill Chastain, our Rays reporter. It is Matt Wehmeyer filling in for Tim McMaster. And uh, Bill, we thank you for the time. And Bill, we're speaking here on a uh, Wednesday afternoon, which means uh, the day before on Tuesday, Matt Wieters uh, signed a free agent deal two years to join the Washington Nationals, even though it had been uh, heavily speculated that uh, he could join the Tampa Bay Rays. Obviously, that's not going to happen. So, Bill, when you when you kind of assess why this did not happen, is it because maybe uh, the, the price tag too high on a, on a guy who has, uh, you know, some miles on him and some injuries on him? Or is it more of the fact that uh, the race simply like the guys that they've got and they want to go into 2017, like I said, with the guys uh, that they do have, and they didn't feel that they needed a guy like Weeders at this time? No, I think it was mostly just a case of they would have loved to have him. Uh, he would have, you know, he fit a lot of places for him, you know, as far as he would have been the starting catcher to start the year. He could have played first. Of course, he switch hits, so he could have given him a right-handed bat as well. But it was all, all along it was going to be whether or not Weeders had any other places to go because he was not going to get the money. You know, it was going to have to be a one-year deal and for less money with the Rays uh, all along, and, and it just didn't come to fruition. Yeah, that's exactly it. So uh, he is now a member uh, of the Nationals, and you pointed out all the reasons uh, why he would have been a good fit with this Rays team. But, uh, Bill, as it is, uh, talk about the guys that are in the mix in camp. You've got, you know, kind of that uh, that wild card, that X factor in Wilson Ramos. He's obviously battling back from that uh, serious injury at the end of uh, last season. So when he does return to full health, how do you see this whole thing shaking out? Does he get inserted as as the starter? Does he get a chance to compete? How do you think this whole jigsaw puzzle kind of falls into place here? Well, first, I think he'll be back as a DH and, and kind of work his way in as the DH. And, of course, his offense, you put that in the raised lineup, and that's going to help right away. I think until then, uh, you're going to see – you know, uh, two of the three catchers are either going to be Luke Maley, Kirk Casale, or Sucre. And then probably by the time Wilson is probably catching, then you'll, you'll have one of those three will, will continue to be with the team. So, and I, I don't mean not with the organization, but I mean, you know, with the major league team. So uh, I would, uh, you know, I, th- I think they're fairly comfortable with uh, what they have in Maley and, uh, and uh, Casale. Uh, they're learning about Sucre. So, I think they're in a little better shape catching-wise than they were at the start of last year. 
And Bill, for uh, you know, for fans that may not be terribly familiar with the guys that you brought up, you know, Sucre, uh, you know, Maley, and uh, I'm drawing a blank on the third one, of course, uh, the third catcher you just mentioned. Yes, thank you. Uh, of that trio, uh, would you assess these guys, you know, uh, offensively and defensively? You know, who who is the best with the bat? Who do you think is the most uh, advanced right now with the glove? Um, well, I really haven't seen Sucre much yet. Um, I know Cash is has talked both about both Maley and Casali. Uh, now you got me saying it. <laughs> both uh, Maley and Casali, uh, uh, that they both look a lot more confident. Of course, they've got more time in the majors now, too. So Casali might have a little more power, you know, or he's shown a little more power in the past. Maley might end up being a little better average hitter, but both of them look like pretty solid guys defensively. It'll be interesting to see how that uh, battle shakes out here in spring training and to see uh, once Wilson Ramos gets to full health, like you said, you know, very likely he's going to be the DH, but he will get a chance to work himself in behind the plate where he once was. It'll be an uh, interesting mix uh, for Kevin Cash and company as the 2017 season wears on. Uh, Bill, to uh, switch gears here a little bit, uh, Evan Longoria has uh, kind of made some waves in, uh, in recent days. He's been very vocal about his uh, displeasure with the trade that sent uh, his friend Logan Forsythe uh, to the L.A. Dodgers, the trade that netted the Rays, that very promising young pitching talent in uh, Jose De Leon. And, you know, in my estimation, it seems uh, rather out of character for a guy like Evan Longoria who, you know, unless I'm missing something, does not seem to be a very vocal guy. He doesn't seem to be a guy that creates a lot of a lot of controversy. Not saying that uh, this is a, a big, huge thing, but again, for him, it just seems like it's a little bit out of character to be as outspoken as he's been. How do you kind of assess this whole situation right now? Well, now, first, I haven't heard him being vocal lately. I know, I know once the trade was made, he said a few comments. I think more than anything, he was disappointed. Uh, he liked, you know, what Forsythe brought to the field and to the clubhouse. Uh, and then he's kind of since, you know, been like, you know, he understands what the, you know, the, the team makes their moves and, and he understands how they operate. So I think it was just, you know, kind of initially being disappointed uh, because he liked what uh, Forsythe brought to the team. But, uh, you know, and I, I haven't heard him saying anything during spring training. And of course, he's been sick the past two days. So if, if he has said more than that after the trade than what he did after the trade, I missed that. And, uh, you know, can this potentially, uh, you know, put a guy like Jose De Leon in a, in a tough situation where it's, you know, it's tough for anybody to get traded, but I think it's got to be even tougher for a young guy who doesn't have a track record or much of a track record to get traded and, you know, sent across the country, you know, at that. Can that put him in a difficult spot, uh, you know, even though you said Evan has not said much lately, but still the comments were made, the comments were out there. What kind of a position could that put a guy like Jose De Leon? Oh, I don't think it puts him in a bad situation at all. You know, this is not the first time the Rays have done this. Uh, it might be the first time Longoria said something about it, but, you know, they all understand it's a business and, and how the Rays do their, you know, how the Rays operate, you know, going for younger talent. And then when that talent matures, you know, it might be about time to send them somewhere else. But, uh, no, not at all. I, I wouldn't uh, think that's any kind of uh, – no pressure on him at all. Yeah, hopefully that's the case, and hopefully this turns out to be the proverbial win-win trade because, uh, you know, second base has been a black hole for the Dodgers for a long time now, despite their recent success. 
And the Rays get another controllable young arm in Jose De Leon, who could really uh, blossom into something special in the coming years. And, Bill, uh, just to kind of look at the the broad overall picture, as uh, most teams now have been in camp for about seven or eight days, I don't think the Rays are any different here. So in that first week plus, give me some observations, uh, some things that you've seen, things that you've heard that have really kind of stood out to you in this uh, first week or so of Rays camp. Well, I just think overall uh, they look like they have some pretty good depth. Um, there are some concerns, you know, you've got some guys coming back from, uh, off, you know, off season surgeries, uh, Colby Rasmus, Steven Souza, and, uh, uh, Matt Duffy, uh, all of them seem to be making progress and, you know, don't really, you know, appear that they will be in any danger of missing opening day, but you never know how that'll go. But overall, the depth looks really good. Their, their starting pitching depth looks really good. Uh, they got a lot of guys and they're competing for bullpen spots, um, competition's good so uh i think right now uh, at this stage of spring uh, everything's all system go and they're looking looking pretty good and in particular one guy i want to ask you about is uh you know chris archer this is a guy at this time last year that many were saying could be a favorite to win the uh, 2016 al cy young award that obviously did not happen uh, he had a probably the worst season of his pro career he had a lot of bad luck too along the way is there a sense that you know what like this can't possibly happen two years in a row for a guy that talented for a guy with his repertoire so would you say that the expectations strange as it may sound considering the down year he had that maybe expectations are even a bit higher this year than they were at this time last year Uh, I don't know if I would go that far but you know he had a pretty good second half and I think the 19 losses were a little bit of a an aberration um he, he did say he probably put a little too much pressure on himself the first part of the season uh, you look at his numbers the second half, and, and it looked like he kind of got back on track. You can't deny, you know, the stuff he has. So sooner or later, I think that's going to come together, and, and you're going to see the kind of season that uh, everybody's expecting of him. Yeah, I, I would certainly think so. And like you said, you brought up the, the 19 losses, but I still think the, you know, those peripheral numbers that the, the StatCast guys love, the Sabermetrics guys love too, you know, the, the Ks per nine, uh, those were all still right there in line with his uh, better seasons prior to 2016. So no reason to think that he won't bounce back here in 2017 and be the ace that everybody expects Chris Archer to be. Uh, Bill, to begin to wrap up here, very uh, interesting story you had about Nick Franklin, and it turns out that uh, not just this past offseason, but for the past two offseasons, he's been an Uber driver, and i got to think that you know we've seen and we've heard of some guys with some some uh, different offseason occupations, but uh, where, does, where does this one rank amongst guys that you've uh, associated with over the years, a guy driving an Uber <laughs> you know, for the past two offseasons? Well, it strikes you as funny. I mean, that's for sure. Uh, you know, and any time I, I know we saw him the other day, he had a box of, uh, you know, it, what looked like a care package. You know, you'd have goodies. And, of course, we had to ask him if that's what he was putting in his back seat for his customers, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, to try and get a good rating. But uh, he has a pretty good sense of humor and has fun with it. So, uh, but, you know, it kind of does set him out as a, a little bit of a character, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly does, and I think that uh, you know a lot of people now in the off season this year are going to be on the lookout for Mr. Franklin uh, picking them up from the airports or whatever the case may be. But that's uh, definitely a very entertaining off season occupation to have, no question. A good place to wrap this one up, Bill Chastain. Our thanks to you, and we'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, it's Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Tampa Bay Rays. 
MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.